great to be here with you guys as we kind of draw this series that we've been going through over the summer, this series called Life Hacks, kind of drawing from some really useful tips and advice from the book of Proverbs. And we've kind of gone through several topics throughout this time. We've gone over the topic of how to be a good friend. We've gone and looked at kind of um, how we, we know that our words have power, the power of our words. We've looked at listening, listening to others and listening to God. We've looked at how to disagree well with one another, which is a tricky one. And we've also looked at how to use our money and our resources well. And tonight we're going to be looking at guidance. People have already spoken about how they feel guided by God. We're looking at how we get wisdom and guidance from God for all of our choices and our plans in life. And so join me as we kind of unpack a little bit of this, as we jump into a passage in Proverbs as well. Uh, but before we do any of that, I want to ask you, uh, put your hand up if you feel like you are a very well-planned person. You love planning. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Nearly half the room. Okay? Uh, keep your hand up or put your hand up if you feel like you regularly make good choices. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good. Well done. And keep your hand up or put your hand up if you feel like you've been gifted with wisdom. It's okay if you have. Like, that is a gift from God. Yeah, we believe in the gifts from the Holy Spirit sometimes. Okay. And lastly, um, put your hand up if you feel like God's guidance is always clear for you in your life. Oh, no one. Ish. No one. Okay. Um, here's the thing. We know that God does guide us. He talks about it in his word in the Bible. There's, talk, there's moments where it talks about him being our guide forever and ever in the Psalms. Uh, and yet, all of us feel like we are always kind of searching for this guidance from God. That's not a bad thing. Uh, we have this desire to gain wisdom, to, to seek out people in our life who have wisdom for us. And we want to kind of draw close to them. We want to get some of the wisdom that they have to offer. Maybe that's from God as well. But oftentimes, we might get stuck we might feel like we're unable to decide. We might feel like we're unable to choose. And we don't know what the right choice is. Because how do we know? How do we know what's right? Where do we go for guidance? I love that we're looking at this today because the book of Proverbs is known as one of the books of wisdom literature. And in chapter one of the, the book of Proverbs, it says this right at the start. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And most scholars would credit Solomon with being the person who, who wrote most of this book in the Old Testament. And to help us understand a little bit why Solomon would have been writing this, maybe you've heard that name before. He was one of the kings in Israel. Um, we have to jump all the way back to 1 Kings, which is a little bit earlier on in the Bible. It tells us more of the story of Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 4, it says that God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore, only because he asked for it. He became the wisest person in all the land, and he actually wrote a lot of that wisdom down in this book, the book of Proverbs, for us to learn from and to read, which is super helpful. Thanks for that, Solomon. And Tim Mackey, who works for the Bible Project, he says this. He says that wisdom literature, which also includes the book of Job and Ecclesiastes, by the way, Wisdom literature has the accumulated insight of God's people through the generations about how to live in a way that honors God and others. This is what we can find in the book of Proverbs. Because this wisdom that we're trying to access, this wisdom that we can find in this book, it's not for personal gain. 
It's not about what we can get out of it. It's about learning ways to honor God and honor others, honor people, one another. Does um, anyone remember, I'm sure some people do, those t-shirts, those wristbands that said WWJD, they're really trendy in the 90s. Someone this morning actually in the service was wearing one. Have you got one on now? Oh, I thought you were, thought you were showing me your wrist. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, they're making a comeback because vintage, right? And um, WWJD stands for what would Jesus do? Okay, it was a really common phrase that people would ask. And the purpose behind it, it was a really good purpose. It was to have something on us at all times, either here or here somewhere, that just reminded us to walk the way that Jesus walked. When we were making choices in our life, when we were making plans, when we were um, thinking about what to say, what to do, what is it that Jesus would do as we seek to be more like Jesus, to be more Christ-like in all of our choices? And let me tell you what Jesus tells us is the most important thing that we do, is the most important thing. In Matthew 22, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. That's it. That's the first and the most important one, okay? So that's, that's what we do when, we want, when we're thinking of what would Jesus do, number one. Number two, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So in everything that we do, Jesus makes it clear. All our choices, they hang on these two commandments. Love God, love people. Honor God, honor others. And what else did Jesus do that we can learn from? Well, he prioritized time with God. He took time away from work, from his ministry, from the crowds. And he focused on prayer and Sabbath rest and refreshment. And he remained close to the Father and was guided by him because he knew his voice. And that was super important. Super important to know whose voice we're listening to when we're looking to be guided. And isn't it great that we have these moments every week where we get to gather together, we get to sing together, we get to read the Bible together. Now we're going to turn to our Bible passage for the day. So if you do have a Bible with you or a Bible app, you're welcome to do it. It's also going to be on the screen. Uh, we're looking at Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 3. I will read it for you. It says this, To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. I'm going to read that last bit again because that's really our focus. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. As we look for guidance in what we do, we should be looking to be in line with God's will, God's plan. Love God, love people. That's what Jesus said. That is God's will for our lives. And these are words that we can read in the Bible. I know people in the video earlier were mentioning kind of that is a source of guidance for them, reading God's word, reading the Bible, which is brilliant. This is one of the life hacks for us that we have been gifted with when we are searching for guidance. But what else do we have besides the Bible? We've got the Bible. We've got the Holy Spirit, which has also been a gift for us from God. The Holy Spirit can prompt us when we're making decisions. It can correct us. It can challenge us. And he can also be very present as, as we're led through all our decisions in life. So we have the Bible. We have the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, Jesus said these words, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit 
of truth. So, the Bible, Holy Spirit. What else do we have? The wise counsel of other people. Okay, these maybe typically might be someone who has more life experience than you, might be someone who's older than you, but it can also be people who are younger than you. Don't rule them out. Many times I've had people younger than me, young people, even children, speak incredible truth and wisdom into my life because God has given it to them. It's not exclusive for people who are older and wiser. It's not exclusive for adults. Kids can have this too. So it might be someone who you have given permission to to speak advice into your life. And it might be someone who's committed to praying for you to be able to give you that wise counsel. And actually, it's so much better when we, when we do this in community. They might have a fresh perspective. They might see things from a different angle. We have this when we are all together. We don't have this when we are isolated or on our own. The Bible, Holy Spirit, wise counsel, and common sense. Okay? God gave us a brain. Let's use it. Okay? Sometimes it's useful. Sometimes not as much, but there's a combination, right? These are a bunch of different things that we can use to access guidance from what God is telling us, direction that God is giving us of places that we can go. But in all of that, as I said, what Jesus did and what we can do is listen to God's voice in all of this. Draw close to God, ready to hear his voice and be guided by him. When I um, was about to finish my gap year with Riverside Academy, this was many years ago, they were seeing if anyone wanted to stay on and do a second year with the theater company. Or we, are, we have a theater company here called Riverside Performing Arts. And at the time, uh, I'd, I'd loved my first year. Loved it. It was amazing. Uh, and really, really enjoyed kind of uh, learning through serving and all the discipleship and, and the different challenges and things. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, well, uh, I think I've got out everything I'm going to get from it. Like, I, I think that's it for me. Uh, and so I was kind of thinking, you know, I don't really need this for me. So um, probably going to give it a miss, right? A little bit arrogant, okay? And um, I met up with Caroline Wilkes, who was the founder of Riverside Performing Arts, uh, the company. And I kind of shared that with her. I, I said, this is what I'm thinking. You know, I love this year, but I think, I've, I think that's it for me. I've got out everything I'm going to get. I don't need to do it, right? And I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, Nathaniel, what if it's not about what you can get out of it? but about what you can give to it. I was like, whoa. <sighs> Hadn't thought of that. That was a total fresh perspective of someone with more life experience speaking directly into my life and challenging me. And I did that year. And actually, if I hadn't done the year, I wouldn't be here right now. So thank you, God, for working through and speaking through Caroline to help me end up here. Here was a moment where I was trying to discern the future for myself, and I had made it all about myself. We do that all the time. We make it about ourselves. Despite having this guide in Jesus being given these tools that we just mentioned, these kind of tools and others as well, to, to be able to deduce what is the right thing to do, we still mess up, don't we? We get distracted. We forget. We make mistakes. I mean, let's look at King Solomon for a second. He had been granted exceptional amounts of wisdom, right? More than anyone else, perhaps, in history. But he still made a lot of mistakes. Solomon hoarded wealth at the expense of the people he was meant to look after. And he was swayed by the false gods of his wives. And he even built altars to worship them. And he dishonored God through doing that. Doesn't seem very wise, does it? He started to make it all about himself 
and what he wanted. He was selfish and self-indulgent, and I can be the same. All of us make bad choices sometimes, and we make mistakes. And even when we've been following Jesus for many years, we can still make mistakes. No one is perfect. I know that I've made plenty of mistakes that have hurt other people that have dishonored God. And sometimes they might not be big mistakes like that. I've made mistakes, or maybe this bad decision was uh, one time I asked two friends to cut my hair at the same time because I didn't want to pay for a haircut. Uh, And so one did this half of my head and one did that half of my head. And you can imagine how that turned out. It, It was really bad and uneven. And so I don't know why I did that. That was a really silly mistake. A really bad choice. I've learned from that. Um, But we do make silly mistakes. We do make sometimes poor decisions. We're going to take a look now at some other people from our church sharing about the poor decisions they made that had some unfortunate consequences. I was in London and I needed to catch the tube. And as I was coming down the stairs, I saw that there was a train already at at the platform. And instead of waiting for the next one to come in a couple of minutes, which was probably the right decision, um, I decided to run down and try and get on it. And I entered the carriage just as the doors were closing and they managed to close on my bag, which meant I had to be pulled into the carriage before the train could leave, which I'm sure was very funny for everyone watching me. I was baking with my mom once and we were baking bread and she said not to put too much sugar or I went a bit overboard except I didn't realize I was putting salt instead of sugar so that didn't come out well at all so I learned my lesson (laughs) when we like going out and stuff I keep like wearing like nice new clothes and then I just get really dirty (laughs) Dave and I had been to spring harvest for the first time and we felt very strongly that God wanted us to um, give more of our money the problem was we didn't have any more to give but for various reasons there'd been some sort of campaign and lots of people had written to the tear fund and um, so we wrote to them and said Mark we'd like to give some more money um, can you get back in touch with us and the reply that came which we thought was absolutely hilarious was uh, a letter saying yes we've had so many people that want us to uh, give us more money but on no account send any at the moment which was a very funny response we did end up in the end giving more money but that was the funny part of, of what happened me and my mum went to london and we bought tickets to set open return day travel card but um it turned out to be open return on just the day so we returned after a month and then we had to buy more tickets and it got really complicated because it was late at night and the tickets were really expensive so it was quite stressful. Mum says, you know, there was one scenario when it was like a Friday night deeper where you go to bed quite late for me. Um, Thursday night, I, she, she said like, don't read late because you know, you've got a late night tomorrow and you don't want to be sluggish on Saturday. I read for about an hour and a half after that um, on Saturday night, I was saying, at 6 o'clock, can I go to bed? That is not normal for me. A while ago, maybe 10 years ago, I was riding my moped and I had a little tote bag on the hook 
and for two seconds I looked on because I saw my bag falling I tried to pick up my bag and then I looked back up I was going into the sidewalk so got into a bad accident I now have scars all down my left side ended up in the hospital for a bit with like really bad injuries and yeah so just one moment of deciding to look away from the road ended up with me seriously injured and now with lifelong scars. I once decided it would be a good idea to push a narrowboat further into the canal while standing on the bank. And yeah, I pushed too hard, too far and fell in, only to discover that on the other bank was a crowd of people roaring with laughter from the balcony of a pub opposite. All I could do was to climb out and take a bow. Brilliant. Well, a real mixture of stories from people there. Um, but looking at um, what Claudie shared, actually, I found that really, really helpful and a little bit of a helpful reminder, even though it was quite tragic. Because in her case, she was taking her eyes off the road, which led to an accident. But in our case, for each of us, when we take our eyes off of Jesus in, in our plans and in our choices, then we possibly will end up with actions and words that aren't loving to God and aren't loving to other people as well. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Do you feel like sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to, to not mess up, like we're so worried about making decisions that we, we might regret for the rest of our lives? Because every day we do face tons of choices. Should I message them? Should I watch this? Should I go out with him, her? Should I marry them? Should I invest my time in this friendship? Should I choose these GCSE subjects? Should I skip practice? Should I move here? Should I take this job? Should I leave this job? Should I study at this university? Should I have the beef or the veggie option? Am I gonna regret my decision? Should I watch Barbie or Oppenheimer first? So many choices that we face. So many questions. Uh, I watched Barbie first, by the way, in case you're curious. It was good. But I sometimes wonder whether we do get worried and caught up in the choices that we have and in searching for guidance from God because we are worried that we are going to mess up and we're going to regret it. Are we worried that we'll take a wrong step and mess up God's plan for our lives? I was reading this really brilliant book last month called Low Anthropology by a guy named David Zoll. And I love this description of regret that he writes. He says these words, regret can handcuff a person Imprisoning them to the past, it can fuel self-pity and despair. It is painful to ruminate on things we might have said or not said. People we could have treated better, cryptocurrencies we should have bought. It hurts to beat ourselves up. Any environment that preaches that optimization is within reach, if only you try hard enough, will amplify regret. And that with anything but the optimal spouse or school or body or job, and welcome to Regret Central. Add social media to the equation with its endless parade of the lives we might have led, and the burden can be crippling. The thing is, is that choices we make have consequences. That's life. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. We have to take responsibility for those choices. I remember when I was 19 years old, still a teenager, 
uh, I had a little bit of a tough choice before me. I had a tough decision before me. And I think deep down, I knew what the right choice was. But I was a little bit reluctant to, to land on that choice because I knew there would be some painful consequences. I knew it would be unpleasant for me and when I made that choice. And so what I decided to do was I decided to seek wise counsel, and I went to Tim Chilvers, who's our senior pastor. He's not here right now. I did tell him I was going to share the story. Um, and I shared the situation with him, and I was hoping that he would kind of express the same kind of gut, deep down choice that I was thinking as well. Uh, and actually, he was super unhelpful. And he said, the only thing he said was, you need to make the decision. And I was like, oh, that's really frustrating. Because as I look back now, I can see that what I actually wanted to do was I kind of wanted to push some of the blame onto him when I had to face the unpleasant consequences. I wanted to be able to say, well, Tim said. And so that it wasn't just me making that choice on my own. I wanted to be able to blame someone else. And Tim wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> He's very wise like that. I didn't want to take the responsibility when things went wrong. How often do we do that in life? Try to find other people to blame for our choices or our lack of choices. How often do we do that with God? Where we say, God, but you said, this is on you. The truth is, is that God has given us free will, which also means that we are the ones responsible for the choices that we make and the consequences that come with that. Do our choices honor God? Do our choices honor other people? So maybe we will take a wrong step. Maybe we will step out of line. Don't you think that the God of the universe, the one who created you, each and every one of us, knows that we're going to do that? God is bigger than our lack of wisdom, and he has so much forgiveness and love despite our bad choices. I found this passage really helpful in the book of Isaiah. It's uh, Isaiah the prophet. He, he's passing on a message from the Lord, and he says these words, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. I'm going to read that again because I think it's super helpful in terms of when we make choices and, and what we consider. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. What a relief, right? We can face our choices boldly knowing that God goes before us and he stays with us as well. He will never leave us in our decision-making and he continues to guide us. But are you listening? I was reflecting on, on Jesus and, and really by all accounts from a worldly perspective or maybe even a first-time reader, when we see Jesus go to the cross and die we would assume that he's failed. He's failed his mission. He messed up and he got himself killed. But we don't live according to the world. This is how Jesus flips it all upside down because it was wisdom and guidance from God that led him to the cross in order to bring about resurrection and atonement for our sins for each and every one of us. Receiving wisdom and guidance, it might not make our life easier. It might mean that we have to choose a challenging path, but God promises to guide us through it and sustain us the entire time. So if we think about this book, 
and this faith as a kind of a way of making our life easier, um, and just so that we can kind of kick back and relax and kind of go, yeah, it's fine. This is all good. The job is done quicker. Well, this isn't really the life hack that's going to do that because this book isn't about us. It's about God's story of redemption and love, and we can discover wisdom and guidance in order to live our best lives for God, not our best lives for us. Dane Ortland, a theologian, he says this, it is the most counterintuitive aspect of Christianity that we are declared right with God, not once we begin to get our act together, but once we collapse into honest acknowledgement that we never will. So as we kind of come to land now, I, I want to just remind us of the main things that we need to remember as we, when we're kind of making choices, when we're making decisions. I want us to check in every choice that we make. Is it loving to God? Is it loving to people? Does it honor God? Does it honor people? By the way, you yourself are also a person, so you can ask, is it honoring or is it loving to me or is it hurting me? Okay, that's also a relevant question. If none of the choices you have before you hurt God or hurt others, if they're not dishonoring to God or dishonoring to others, if they're loving to God and loving to others, if those are all the choices you have before you, then let me tell you, whatever you choose is the right choice because God will use you in those situations. We need to take ourselves out of this false position of author and manifester of our lives and remember that God is the one in charge. We know we'll mess up, that's guaranteed, I've already said that. But we can also hold on to the God of redemption who is able to use our biggest mistakes and our biggest failings and turn them for good and turn them for his glory. This is the real major life hack, that God is able to do that. Be released today from the worries and anxieties about stepping so far out of line with God's will for your life, God's plan for your life, that there is no recovery. You, each one of you, me as well, we are not powerful enough to throw off God's plan for our lives. Okay, I'll say that again. You are not powerful enough to throw off God's plan for your life. God is bigger than that. And each time we fall or we mess up, if we commit to, to the Lord, whatever we do, he will establish our plans. So with that in mind, holding on to that, let's get closer to God and let him guide us. Let's listen to him through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit for direction, through the wise counsel of other people in our life who have more experience than us. But also let's hold on to this fact that God can turn anything around and, and also that we are not the main character of our lives but God is. I'll just read this psalm again for us as a, as a reminder. For this Psalm 48, verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. 